Welcome to the official Leverage Redemption After Show, a very distinctive podcast here on Electric Now. I am Yael Teagle. I'm joined, as always, by Felicia Michelle. Hello. Hello, Yael. Wow, what an intro. Okay. Hello. I'm so <laughs> excited. Today we have so many great things. We have Dean Devlin, who is the executive producer, co-showrunner. He wrote and directed. He's done everything. He's in charge of this show. <laughs> We are so happy to have him joining us today. Uh, we also are going to show you a little bit from our interview with Noah Wiley. Um, we also have more Christian Kane. There is so much to check out today uh, as we discuss season one, episode six, the card game job. I have to tell you, this is my favorite episode of the this season. This one's yours? Yes. Okay. I've been waiting to discuss this, and we'll be breaking it down in just a bit. Uh, consider this your spoiler warning. If you have not watched the entire season... What are you doing? What are you doing? Um, but also, it's a good time to go back and rewatch and watch along with us as we discuss it uh, here. But now... Get into the quick cap. Let's do the quick cap. Okay, let's do the quick cap. All right, so the quick cap of this show, the Leverage team dives into the world of a high fantasy collectible card game with a devoted following to take down a pharmaceutical bad boy who is price gouging drugs to fund his own house of cards. Despicable. (laughs) Um, I really love that this episode uh, kind of marries nerd stuff with the real world in a way that you would never expect. No, seriously, though, because at first you think, just like with any Leverage episode, first thing, this is what I'm going to get. And it's like, oh, no, you get something different. Also, another opportunity for Brianna to shine. So Yes. Yes. Uh, which, if you've been watching us all season, you know we love Brianna. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yes, I have to start with this opening scene. Um, we have this girl, Jenna, who needs meds, um, and they're unaffordable. I'm going to call out this Easter egg because it needs to be said. I have it written down right here. The big Easter egg of this episode. Uh, Jenna is played by Hannah Devlin. Oh, Dean's daughter. Dean's daughter. (laughs) The girl who needs meds. I'm calling that Easter egg right here. If you missed it, um, you can check out really adorable pictures that Dean put on his Instagram. Yeah. Um, So... I love that, like, Leverage is a family. Yes. Like, it's a 100% family. Even doing this show now, yep. we feel like, I feel like I'm a part of this, like, whole, f- like, it's just, yeah. It's <laughs> we, a family affair. Adopted. Yes. Um, yes, we've been adopted. <laughs> so, Jenna needs these meds, and they're coming from uh, Pendus Pharmaceutical, who was bought by a hedge company called uh, Corto Corp, <laughs> which is so... That was, that was interesting. That was an interesting name. I was like, oh, okay. Because it's owned by a Mr. Cordozar, who is a vulture capitalist. He calls himself that. Proudly. Like, super, like, he's actually very happy about that. Yeah. And smug. Mm Mm-hmm. And all the things that we can't stand in a bad guy. Right. Like, ew. Uh, That character, um, that smug look is actually based off of a real-life person um, who in my personal opinion, is more despicable because this is actually real life. Um, His name is Martin Shrekel. He is the former CEO of Turing Pharmaceuticals uh, back towards, and back in 2019, this is when the EpiPens, I don't know if you remember, EpiPens used to be just a couple of dollars and then they price gouged those up to like 3,000. And these are, if you're not familiar with an EpiPen or what EpiPen does, it's people who have severe allergic reactions. It's a life-saving 
device that people carry around with them just in case. And it's only a temporary thing. You know, 911 has to be called. It's a whole thing. And you're literally not even allowing anyone to have just to have one. Imagine like a kid with um, anaphylactic just like allergies can't get that. Um, so he was caught out by Representative uh, Elijah Cummings um, in front of Congress as this as this character was, too. And literally, if you Google, Google the picture, Google the picture, <laughs> Google the picture. It is the same. I showed you. It's the same um, smirk. Yeah, it's the same smirk. Um, shout out. Shout out to to the actor who played. I can't remember your name right now because I'm really actually upset about this is a real life thing. But same exact smirk. It's like he studied the picture and it was just that. Yeah, and I think what's really interesting, the way the episode starts, Brianna says, Parker steals a painting and can go to prison. Can go to prison, not that she would. Um, but Cardoza kills kids and gets to buy a yacht. you think there'd be some sort of karma working against these people. Yeah, there is. It is. That's, you guys. That's what you guys do. <laughs> um, I love that. So Brianna goes undercover as a temp assistant um, at this office, and she has to, like, you know, case the joint, see what's going on in his office to get personal information. Um, And she notices a castle. And this is where the whole thing changes. Just totally shifts. She literally forgets kind of that she's even in the con. Like they have to remind her like, hey, Brie, you're, you're, we're we're working. (laughs) Right. Do not get caught. Um, And we find out this amazing story about a game called Spirits Ruse. Spirits Ruse uh, is kind of Magic the Gathering meets Rock, Paper, Scissors. I'm going to be honest here and say that I don't play Magic the Gathering, so I do not know. That's the first time I heard those words all together. It's a card game. Okay, cool. Like, (laughs) okay, I'm listening. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't play it, so I don't know really how it works. But if it's as simple as the way that Brianna breaks down this game, I'm about to start playing Magic the Gathering. Oh, it, it could be fun. So fun. It could be fun. There may be some leverage fans to actually play, so we oh, should I'm have sure. like some friends to like ask the rules to. Oh, I know lots of people. Oh. Who play. <laughs> I, yep. Um, so <laughs> it is made by this man named Derek Springer, um, who is you know he made this game, and then he he is an artist, and he decided to live off the grid to live out his life, and so they try to find uh, our team tries to come up with a con for this and I really love the way that they decide to go about this Um, so at Springer's Castle they have a fair and as (laughs) someone who's clearly gone to the Ren Fair many a times this episode was speaking to Um, me yeah who doesn't like the Renaissance Fair okay like it's fun it's good times you've been to the Ren Fair Uh, yeah I have I have they took one year they they took us they took us in school and it was actually really fun it oh. took us like like two like two or maybe like two years two or three years we went and I was like oh this is good times like, some people didn't like it eh, whatever but I thought it was amazing so fun fantasy world anything like fantasy like that like, I, I can get into it I love that um, so at this fair we have cosplay and performances um, there's a treasure hunt for the queen zeal card and a tournament I really want this to be real so bad. <laughs> I'm sitting there watching this being like, I want to go. I you know what's, go. honestly, though, crazier things have happened. And, like, the way that, like, leverage fans are set up, I kind of like anything is possible. Yep. So maybe it was put out into the universe, the atmosphere or whatever, that maybe this could be, like, a thing that happens mm. for you. Thanks. Just, you're <laughs> Just for me. 
Um, so Sophie figures out the, the con is going to be that they're going to try to buy the castle because they're going to launch movie rights and theme parks. And, um, you know, we have to make it look real desirable. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was all into this. It was so good. And then they screw up uh, the con so that Cardozar wants to, to do all this himself and invest in something that doesn't exist. Um, I love I love when a con gets screwed up. Air quotes on that. <laughs> um, he, he, but he like deserves it. Like his uh pathology is rather sick. Um, outside of just price gouging. Um, when you look, at, I always look at how people treat the people closest to them. Mm. Look how he treated his oldest friend, like yeah. the person who really is kind of responsible for your wealth and and um all the success that you've had in your life. Period. Right. Without, or success. Let's do that. Without Carter Lagrange, he would be no one. And I think that that's so important. Um, I I feel like people in successful situations need to always remember the people that help them. Oh, yeah. It's a ladder. Same people you see coming up, you see them going down. Yep. So it really, I'm with you. The way that he treats Carter is really terrible. But is, but is Carter any better, though? Because you're the one who is you're the one trying to appease this person's needs, wants, desires, and mm-hmm. you know that their needs, wants, desires are not good. They're not positive. They're not. They're self-serving. You know, and you know this, but it's like that p- desperation to be liked. Like it, the first scene, like before we even find out their history together, when he says to him, "Oh, I can get whatever for you," he's like, "That's." He's like, "That's not beneath me." He goes, "Nothing's beneath you," mm-hmm. and that's when I was like, "Oh." This is who we're dealing with. Okay, <laughs> I see. All right. I want Carter's backstory, right? Yeah, why? Why? Why bend the knee to someone like this? Yes. Like, why him? Yeah, I want that. So, we're, you know, we screw up this this sale, and Harry's going to go undercover as, um, as Springer, and then the real Springer arrives, and he's ready to sell. Um, I love this. So the team's not going to give up. And Brianna has the idea um, because he doesn't want to sell the company to someone who isn't a true fan. So they need to prove that they know that they're better um, because allegedly Cardozar found the Queen Zeal card. It, it was giving me very much like Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory vibes. I don't yep. know if you got that. I mean, they it. literally said it's a Willy Wonka golden <laughs> ticket. Seriously, though, I was like, this is very much there's something else to this It's something about this person created this game. Right. So even though this game is fictitious and only exists in the world of leverage, um, piggybacking off of ones that already do exist. It's very it's a passion thing. It's it's very fun. Like it, it's meaningful mm-hmm. um, people who participate in these kinds of games, even though they're fantasy. It's very real. So the fact that it makes sense, I don't want to just turn this over to someone who really doesn't love this and really doesn't. um see it and value it like I do you know obviously our bad guy just is an opportunist and who's always looking for money and figuring out how he can capitalize off of this as opposed to enrich the culture of it all yeah absolutely I think it's really important when when a creative puts their artwork out there they want anyone who's going to take it and work on it and do anything with it to be at, at bare minimum a fan so they go to the fair I love this. Here's how we split up. Parker and Harry are going to find the vault. Um, Elliot and Sophie are going to distract Springer. And Brianna's going to the tournament. Oh, absolutely. Like, would, would, I couldn't have seen it any other way. Like, she, again, she is 
the youngest and she has this childlike thing that we love about her and almost like we saw when she first saw the castle and got distracted it just kind of made sense sense that she was not going to allow herself to get so close to this and proximity of it all and not participate in any way at all like she wasn't going to let that happen yeah and she shows her her notebook to uh, Parker to try to help her find the clues it was really cute it was cute (laughs) I think I struggle with this part because it does make sense. Parker's going to do Parker job. Parker's like, I got this. This is what I do. I find vaults. Um, So I really struggle with, because I'm used to, you know, as women in an industry, uh, people will constantly want to tell you how to do your job. So I think that it's really interesting to have this dynamic where Parker is like, I don't need someone to tell me how to do my job. But at the same time, this job specifically isn't find the vaults. It is... We have to know what we're doing. We need to know this Play world. the game. You have to play the game almost. Yeah. So you're playing your con, but within with the con is within this game. And if you don't know that game, like you it's again one of those moments where I think we're gonna say Brianna, like kinda step up and be like, No, like you need to listen to me again. Like we yeah. saw in episode five, like, hey, like just listen to what I'm saying and that whole like little sister, big sister kind of dynamic mm-hmm. has Parker being like, mm, you don't know what you're Yeah. I got this. Exactly. <laughs> Um, so we also have Elliot jousting um, <laughs> as Glenn the Savage. And then he for, uh, sword fights um, with the goons. I love this. And then we end with, I think, your favorite moment, the hair, hair flip. flip. <laughs> the hair flip, yeah. The flippiest of hair flips. No, seriously, <laughs> though. I was like, there it is. There it is. I see you, Christian. I'm coming for you in the hair battle. I'm coming for you. My yeah. notes are like... <laughs> We should add that to the bingo card. Hair flips should be added to the bingo card. I'm just saying, fist and hair flips. Like, come on. Um, so, Cordozar is playing the tournament. Brianna's playing the tournament. And in the end, he comes to her and he says, you know, stop being nice. To succeed, you have to be a killer. Mm. Um, and she, you know, she does what Harry did in the tower job. She does what all our, our team has done at some point. And she says, like, killing kids who can't afford your drugs. She breaks. She, she slips. She, she slips. Um, it's just that, you know, with Harry and Brianna, they just don't have as much experience mm. um, taking the emotion out of it. Like our team has been a team for well over a decade. They've moved into different countries, different territories and spaces. So there's a, a science, a protocol to all of this that Harry and Brianna just really don't know. But I also think the team will tell them, but they don't want to push them to be somebody different. Because your superpower in the leverage team is yourself, yeah. what you bring to the table. And altering that to make them do what the rest of the team does could affect that. Um, you just see it because it's a passion thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, I can only sit here and deal with your lies <laughs> so long um, because I'm passionate about what you're doing. She was passionate from the start. And you're messing with a game that she loves. Like, you're right. messing with something that she really actually enjoys. Yeah, um, and he's cheating. He's cheating, which stinking cheater. Not a surprise. I mean, no. I, <laughs> I mean, his advice to her literally was, "You can't get ahead if you are good. If you do things right. If you do things with consideration." Right. And there are a lot of people, unfortunately, in positions of power that that believe that that actually believe that to be one hundred percent true. Yeah. Um. I, you know, I think that we have this really powerful moment at the end um so we'll get there in a second so yeah. sophie gets uh springer to stay and watch her recite his sonnet um <laughs> i i love the moment it clicks 
for everybody. Because you see, I just can't imagine. I'm just trying to think what it's like to be a viewer at this poetry reading and being like, this woman's terrible. And then all of a sudden it switches and you're like, what just happened? How did she go from like, I am acting to like actually getting it? I just, I imagine it was very entertaining for the people watching. No, seriously, though. Well, even when we first meet Sophie, like, she's, we meet her as a terrible right. actress, which is hilarious. In You know, in the original series, we meet her as right. a terrible actress, which is hilarious because she's such a great con woman. Right. Um, but it just says, like, she needs something to believe in. Mm. It's funny because I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, in the episode that we met her initially in the in the original she was doing like some type of Shakespearean yep. Renaissance esque thing anyway. Yes. Okay. Yeah. It was Shakespeare. Yes. Oh, Shakespeare. Okay. Yes. Okay. <laughs> it was a long time ago, so I don't remember. <laughs> um. Yeah. So once she recites the sonnet, we realize that the clues are literally right there, um, which gets us to the vault. But the card has already been removed from the vault because he has it with him. Shocker. Um, <laughs> but his files are there, uh, which is the big beautiful reveal um, that their con was a success because they had the files. And we have this speech with Brianna to Springer. Um, she says, uh, when he decides it is, he's not going to keep his word, uh, she says, what about your word to me, to all the fans? The game matters to us. The people who came here from around the world to share in the community that you created. The people who grew up feeling like they didn't belong. Like they're strange for the way they think, the way they dream, or the way they love. People like me. Your game made us feel like we weren't alone in the world. Like we belong. It's yeah, so beautiful. Um, and that is what I think I love so much about nerd stuff. What I love about this show is that it is about... Age of the Geek, baby. It's about being, you know, like you just said, your superpower is who you are. Yeah. And that's what this show is. It's interesting because um, when the original series came out, just things I've noticed, like when the original series came out, being a nerd or considered being part of nerd culture was not it. Mm-mm. It wasn't it. And now as the internet and the world has expanded and there's more connectivity, I think all of us realize like we all had like a little inner nerd and it really brought people together. And so like nerd culture, nerd culture is actually kind of more mainstream now. Oh, Everyone knows about things like anime that people didn't talk about before or Dungeons and Dragons or what's the card game that you mentioned Magic earlier? Magic the Gathering. You know, things that people really had no clue about. Um, it brought community together and allowed other people to be a part of it too. So, I mean, at the end of the day, you're really not alone. We're not all that different. Right. And, and luckily we have TV to bond over. We have the internet. We have this show is one of those things because it uh, it checks so many boxes for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, you see yourself, yeah. some character, some way, shape, or form. You might even see yourself in one of the uh, bad guys. I don't know. I'm not judging. <laughs> but you know, you just it's a reflection of what we what we want in the world, right? Um, Equity. Absolutely. Uh, I I think I love this episode so much because we do see this team come closer together we see everyone excel at their at their position we see who brianna is and what she what matters to her and what she will fight for um and also there's a fair so I mean, a, <laughs> there's also a fair that part yeah um i just have to make sure we we touch upon it because i know that there's a there's a i see on twitter people constantly asking um to clarify this is the moment, in my mind at least, that Brianna essentially comes out to the audience. 
um, and and solidifies it for anyone who may not be aware. I love that it was like said, but but not but not right. necessary to say. Yeah, it wasn't a she needs to come out. It was a let me give the audience more information. I think the writers did a really beautiful job on that because, like, if I'm being very transparent with you, why does anyone have to come out to mm-hmm. anyone? Why does any Why does anyone need to do that? Um, your sexuality is such a small portion of who you actually are, like who you are to the core, your heart posture, right? So it's great that she did that because I know we need that representation in the show. Um, but I like the way she did it because she didn't say, I need to come out to you guys. I need to, like, it wasn't like this whole moment where her um, identifying as whatever was a big deal. It was just, this is who I am. I want you to know that I was not, I was not, I felt not seen, not heard, not in this game provided that. And then that was, you know, that was our inclination to know. Absolutely. I agree agree wholeheartedly i think that it's such a beautiful way uh as we see tv slowly evolving and giving us more representation not every story needs to be and not every episode is the coming out episode right it's it's just not right it's just it's just not um like again the world of of leverage really checks all those boxes and really provides um visibility for many people absolutely um and we still have so much more to talk about so don't go anywhere we will be right back If you've been watching us all season long, you know we've been asking the cast to play a silly game uh, where we ask them the most important 13 questions we can think of. Uh, So we had Felicia do that with Noah Wiley. So I'm throwing it to you, Felicia Michelle. All right, Noah, uh, your favorite emoji. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Well, I have a six-year-old, so right now the favorite one is the poop emoji, which gets thrown around quite a lot. Your favorite character that Harry has gotten to play in a con? Well, I like his first try because he was so overly enthusiastic and so awkward. And that was so much fun to play a guy who's like, you know, I did a couple high school plays, you know, I think I got, you know, and then put me in coach and then just has no discipline. Um, so that one was super fun. You know, getting to play with Gina was was always fun. She's so wonderful and quirky that whenever we got to do a two-hander, I was really into it. The biggest sort of, let build up and let down was in this one where I got to put on this suit and I got this beard and I was about to inhabit this character of this guy who designed this video game and then the real guy shows up and that's the end of my attempt. Um, but and then fun. you got to be a lawyer. <laughs> your your preferred platform like social media platform, Instagram, I uh, TikTok. You know, I was gonna say I didn't think that because I like didn't you like recently got an Instagram like only because my children just made me feel like such a dinosaur. My wife finally told me I was being, you know, ridiculous for ridiculous sake. But I still have an AOL email address. I mean, you're talking to (laughs) dinosaur. You're talking to somebody whose technology doesn't. I mean, I'm I bring the analog to the digital show. You're, you're the fossil of the of of the cast. Then you just my friend like, calls me the day and he says, "Hey, I was watching the trailer for your show and I couldn't tell when it was set because I saw you reading a newspaper. Is it set in the '80s?" <laughs> and I thought to myself, "Oh my God, I directed that episode and I really did give myself a newspaper. That's so me. Who else would have done that in reality? And yet there I did it. I was sitting there reading a newspaper on a bus stop bench like I'm like I'm in the movie Bus Stop." <laughs> 
and that's that's okay. There are some people that are still still reading the paper, but I guess maybe Instagram because you you are on Instagram though. Uh, so oh, your favorite person to follow? Then do you have a favorite person that you follow? I always find John Leguizamo very entertaining to follow. I like John Leguizamo a lot. It's I love him, but he's terrific, and he always does funny stuff and political stuff, and lets everybody know what his career doing. Um, you know, I follow like I like old Hollywood stuff, so like old pictures of you know. I'm I'm sort of like ooh, wonder what all you know. I I mine it for my hobbies and for my interests more than like. I, Is that I, you googling? Is that was that you googling? That was me googling. That was me googling. Yep. <laughs> uh, I'm trying not to judge, but it's hard. Your, your, oh, your favorite breakfast food. I don't even want to tell you how long it took me to set this Wait. little call up today. <laughs> I've been doing this since 10 this morning. Oh, we appreciate hours. it. So when you got up, did you have your favorite breakfast food? And what is your favorite breakfast food? I'm not a big breakfast eater. I usually just drink coffee in the morning. And I sometime around one or two o'clock start getting cranky and somebody yells at me to eat something. And that's when I begin my food part of my day. Got you. Okay. Uh, the last text that you sent to a cast member. Oh, Christian Kane, I bought him one of those Oculuses because uh, we were down there. We were, th- you know, he plays video games and I thought this would be cool. And I got one for myself. And we kept talking about how we should meet up in cyberspace and play a game together. And the other night, we finally did. We started playing mini golf with each other from in through Oculus land. And he and I were both kind of, you know, drinking and playing mini golf and laughing. And so the text messaging, going back and forth, trying to figure out how to find each other in cyberspace was the last text message I sent. That's funny. Um, oh, okay. Your preferred pizza topping? Uh, pepperoni, classic. Uh, a pool or beach? Beach. Beach, summer or winter? Winter. Night in or night out? In. Okay. In an alternate universe, what other leverage character would you play? So you're not, you can't be Harry. You could be anyone else. Well, I don't think any of them would admit it, but I think we all secretly want to be hardisan, don't we? <laughs> the of, age of the geek, baby. Like, yeah. This is the age of the geek, and he's just, I mean, he's hes so dynamic, and, you know, he's just cool. Yeah, I mean, I would probably say hardisan. I think that Elliot's got appeal, Parker's got appeal, but they're both... Uh, you know. I was not Christian. I thought maybe like for the hair flip. The punching and the hair flips. You know, <laughs> there's a couple moments coming up where Harry tries to do a little Elliot here or there. It doesn't go over as well as you think it would. <laughs> I, I think it probably went over just how I, I not as well as I th- thought it would. Um, oh, what show do you want to see uh, Leverage do a crossover with? Blacklist. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Um, and a dream guest star to come in. Who will be your dream uh, guest star to work with on Leverage Redemption? Well, selfishly, you know, we tried to get him down this year, but, you know, I had such a great time working with John Larroquette all those years on on Librarians. And John's from New Orleans. So to get to run around New Orleans with uh, a native would have been really fun. And I think he's sort of perfect to come in and play heavy for us. So I'm hoping that we get John to come play with us next year. To get people to come out this year was tricky because it was scary for people to leave home and to go through the protocols and the quarantining and all the rest of it. And I, we did such 
we did so well with the cast that we got. I mean, I thought everybody that came into play, you know, in some ways that's the hardest thing to do because you, you're not going to be there for very long. You have to deliver in a short period of time and it's extremely high pressured, intense when you get there. And um, then you have to be relaxed and pretend like that's not part of your reality. And I thought everybody was just flawless. They did such a good job. Oh, um, amazing. Like, it's almost like you forget actually the circumstances which un- which you guys created this under. Um, when you're watching it to kind of remind yourself even when we sit and talk and we you know we do the after shows i'm like wait you know that happened at like the worst possible time ever you know, um but gag reel is gag reel is mostly me walking into a scene with my mask on and them going no and i'm like oh right you know or half the background still wearing him in the background of a scene in a restaurant you're like wait a second wait a second wait hey everybody no you can't have masks on you're eating like it was one of those, all of our bloopers have to do with the lapses and when, like in protocol. Yeah. That's, yeah, that would be awesome. That would be a great crossover. And I think that'd be a great guest star too. I know Yell would literally probably like scream if she saw that because she's a huge Liberians fan. Like I know she's cheating right now. So <laughs> that, would that be, is correct. But I mean, who do you cross over? Do you cross over a Christian or do you cross over Flynn <laughs> or do you cross oh. over like, John Kim, uh, have Ezekiel suddenly show up and bump into Parker in a vent, stealing something. We did it. We just cracked it. Ezekiel I mean, Jones and Parker meet think, on a, stealing the same yeah. item. This, this, these teams cross over perfectly. There's like no reason they can't cross over. And I really would love to see Harry and Flynn face to face. Also. Feeling that these are what Dean Devlin's dreams look like. <laughs> Mine too. Mine too. Well, that was rapid fire. You did it. You did it, Noah. That was easy. Great. Thank you so much for joining us. We loved having you here and we cannot wait to talk to you again for the next eight episodes. Anytime, anytime. This was super fun. And I can't say enough about, you know, how grateful I was to get to ask to come and play and how I just love to be a part of it. In just a bit, we are going to be talking to the executive producer, co-showrunner, a writer-director on this series, king of leverage redemption, uh, Dean Devlin. But first, it is time for bingo. If you've been playing with us all season long, great. Make sure you get yourself a bingo board at After Leverage on Twitter. Also, thank you to at LeverageOT3 for inspiring us. Uh, If you want to make your own bingo board, feel free to do so. We have a blank one that you can print out or one that we have filled out with some of the things that we are finding. Um, Here is what we found. This episode is packed full of nerd references. So I'm going to list the few that I caught. um, But I think that you probably caught more than me. So first of all, Billy Potts is in fact named for Bill Potts, who is played by Pearl Mackey in Doctor Who. Uh, She was the short-lived companion for Capaldi's Doctor. If you are not a Doctor Who fan, you have no idea what I just said. That's okay. It's a nerd reference. Um, the posters in Sophie's pitch is so beautiful. They all seem to be like vague references. There's a Game of Thrones inspired one. Um, I didn't recognize the other specifically, but they looked very uh, similar to, I'm assuming, book covers that I've actually seen. Um, when Mr. Wilson went undercover as Springer, he was very clearly <laughs> looking like a George R. R. Martin character. Um, of course, this card game is very similar to Magic the Gathering and the Ren Fair, um, a.k.a. Nerdfest, as Elliot calls it. So those are some of the nerd references that I caught. Um, we also say instead of steal, we have a let's go sell Mr. Kozar, uh, Cardozar the Brooklyn Bridge. Uh, but we do have a let's go steal a golden ticket. 
Mr. Wilson is confused, especially about the Brooklyn Bridge reference. Um, he says, when you say we're going to sell him the Brooklyn Bridge, you didn't mean that literally. Um, our original series reference, Sophie says that they're not going to give up because they know what losing Jenna could do to her parents because they saw what happened to Nate. And I think that's such a really um, beautiful way to tie it all in together. Reference the old series and also explain why this case matters. Um, Brianna saves the con. Uh, I I cl- claim it as her saving the con because not only does she have the idea when Sophie says that they're not going to give up, but she also convinces Springer in the end not to sell to Cordozar. So Brianna saves the con. Um, Parker picks a lock when she breaks into the castle. Um, and in emotions, we have um, Harry tells Parker that Brianna is trying to relate. Um, he t- tells her that she's trying to tell her a little bit about herself. Um, Springer cries at Sophie reciting his poem, so that counts as emotions. And at the end, when Brianna expresses what the game means to her um, and to the community. And of course, Sophie acts um, when she's reading at least the first part of Springer's uh, sonnet. Those are the bingo pieces that I found. Let us know on Twitter if you found any. Um, How did you do? Did you get a bingo? Uh, Tweeted us at After Leverage. But now let us chat with the man himself, Mr. Dean Devlin. Um, I want to talk a little bit about Brianna in the card game job, which is my favorite episode of the season. Um, It is just the nerdiest episode of the season. (laughs) Um, Let's talk about her message about this game. Um, Because she talks about how, you know, really the way that nerds feel about anything that speaks to nerds, which is that we feel a community, that we feel this this home. Um, Talk about uh, this scene and her her speech at the end. Well, that speech... Has has a does double duty. Um, one, it's to again talk about her specialness. Mm-hmm. But the other is there was a moment um, when I was doing the series, The Librarians, and I was at a Comic Con in New York, and at least nine different times, someone came up to me and said. I thought I was really strange Hmm. until I started seeing the librarians and I realized other people thought the way I did. And then I started seeking them out and now I'm part of a community of people who like what I like and the show made me realize I'm not alone. Hmm. And I was so moved. I was moved by the first person who said it, but by the ninth person who said it. Like, where are the Kleenex? (laughs) I need a tissue. But I realized that 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 is a function of genre, you know? Uh, we get written off. You know, you don't see genre stuff winning Oscars or Emmys or things like that. But there, there's a real interesting function that fandoms have and genre has. And, and it, it goes to identity and it goes to uh, um, uh, a feeling of self-worth. Um, and so I really wanted that to be part of the speech. So it's not it, it, it's about who she is, what she values and how she's become proud of herself. And she wants to thank the people who helped create that environment for her. It's like, you know, the show came back because the fans love it so much and wanted it back. Yeah. And and you have literally put into it a speech being like, fans, we see you. We love you. Thank you. It's this beautiful, I'm going to start crying. It's this beautiful, like, <laughs> fandom, you know, world. Well, they're interconnected. You know, I mean, it's, the shows I've done 
only exist because the fans demanded it. You know, I mean, people forget that when uh, TNT canceled the original Leverage, the Leverage fans went out and got us a People's Choice Award. Yeah. <laughs> and, Christian came, Christian was talking about that. Yeah. So we had won the People's Choice Award. We didn't know we were going anywhere. That's and that was the fans. They were determined <laughs> yeah. to basically give a big middle finger to a network for canceling their favorite show. <laughs> and they did. And uh, so, yeah, none of these shows would exist without the fans, you know, uh, I think if we get a second season, it's going to be because of this enormous response in social media. You it know, was like a floodgate. I, I'd never seen anything like it. It's crazy. And it continues. I mean, every day. I mean, this show that you guys are doing, every time you guys do an episode, I see another flood of people making comments. And so it, it, it's a wonderful community. And to be able to kind of reflect that community in an episode, you know, it is meta, but it's also a way of saying... We get it. Thank you. And I we appreciate it. To compliment you, um, because of the way that in this speech, like Brianna comes comes out in a sense. Yeah. But what we typically see a lot of times in television shows is there's a coming out episode. And I just have to say, like, I really appreciate that because I think like someone's sexuality is just it's it's such it's it's important, but it's not the sum total of who they are. That's and sometimes the when a character comes out, like, oh, that's the gay character. Like, that's them. Like, yeah. it's like, no, that's Brianna. And she just so happens to identify this way. That's but right. all the other talents and everything else is what actually rises to the top and what we actually care about. So I love that it was like, I, we told you, we told you in a way that um, wasn't the sum total of who she is as a person. That's Thank you for saying because that's exactly what we were hoping for, is that, is that yes, it's important. But it's one part, and so is the making drones, and so is the having grown up in the shadow of 9-11. I mean, all of these things are what make her unique. And this crazy card game, which is <laughs> bizarrely important to her. And and all of those things make her, her who she is. Um, so, yeah, we, we didn't want to make a meal of it, but we also didn't want to hide it. You know, because uh, uh, there's there's been things I've been involved in where I knew the character was gay, but we never kind of came out and said it and then some people were like well why didn't you say it and I was like I don't know I didn't think it was important well it is important you gotta say it uh, and you want people to say oh that reflects me and that's good but as you just said we didn't want it to be the gay character it's just she's a character and one of the things she happens to be is gay <laughs> yeah um, I want to talk about this card game for a minute um, where can I play it <laughs> <laughs> We do have the, the complete deck of cards. There is a complete deck of cards somewhere. Uh, 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 Randall and his team did a spectacular job designing That's it. That's cool. Um, but, it, you know, it, it, was, it was one of those things that as we were trying to articulate the game, um, in the, like, for instance, the first pass of the script, I think they had really thought the game out. The problem is anyone who had never played one of those games was, like, lost. <laughs> right. And we were like, well, if there's going to be drama in them playing it, we have to kind of understand the game. Otherwise, the the cinematic drama. And that's when Chris Downey said, well, just make it rock, paper, scissors. <laughs> <laughs> and so we said, well, how do we do that without it being insulting? Easy. She gets insulted that it's called that and then admits it kind of is. <laughs> it's. I think that's what really sold me on it was I was like, wait, is Magic the Gathering just rock, paper, scissors? Am I been avoiding this game forever? Nope. I'm going to play this game. <laughs> this is my game. We had so much fun talking with Christian Kane. We have even more to share with you. So check that out. 
Yeah, we're back together. The yeah. family's back together, and yeah. we have new we have new team members. You do. Um, we have Noah joining, who's not new to you, no. but is <laughs> new to the show, and um, Elise joining uh, as Brianna. Tell us about working with, uh, reuniting with Noah, and working with Elise. Well, it was it was. Let's talk about Elise first because she was she got the worst. Um, job in the world which was her first scene up was her brother Hardison Noah who we all know and love I mean he's a state he's been he's been in our living rooms for 20 years me Parker and Sophie and she has her first scene on camera in the middle of all of us we're a circle around her you can either drop the ball or you can pick it up and run with it. And she picked it up. And it was amazing. And I, I remember talking to her and I was like, stop. Get, don't get in your head. Yeah. Do what you do. That's a tough gig. We already know these characters. We don't have to find them. She's creating a character as well as sitting in the middle of all of us who are, you know, veterans on the show. Not 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 even as actors, but just veterans on the show. And she nailed it. And after that, I went, I have, you have my complete faith. Oh. Now, Noah, a little different story. <laughs> Noah, it was a very strange thing with me and him. He's one of my best friends. He's literally, like, we play chess together every day. And we, he's one of my best friends. And the fact is, is that on The Librarians, he was the librarian. I became a librarian, but he was the librarian. And so I was, he was my mentor. I was underneath him. I was an understudy. I was trying to figure <laughs> out what's going on. Yeah. Now he comes into leverage. And I'm all, I'm his boss almost, you know what I mean? <laughs> and he's the lower guy on the totem pole. So very simple, very simple to work with Noah. He always knows his lines. He has to. He was on ER. If you yeah, don't know your lines, yes, you know, yeah. I need a spectrometer over here, a 235 <laughs> AC of, you know, I don't know what that means. But, you know, he's got to remember all that stuff because if, if they cut, that's horrible because there's blood spurting and stuff. He always knows his lines. As a librarian, he always knew his lines. I don't learn my lines until I'm in the makeup trailer. It's just a, just a, a thing that I do because I don't want him to be new. He hates that about me. <laughs> but we had to figure out how the power change was going to work. Now, I like to think that I'm a good actor. I hope so. He's a fantastic actor. And he took the change with stride. Hmm. And it was so much fun. to if, you, if, you're, if you're a Librarians fan, if you're a Leverage fan, you're going to love it anyway. But if, he's, if you're a Librarians fan and then coming back to this, you're going to love to watch the power change. And um, yeah, it's Harry little, gets hazed quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, who? Harry, Harry gets hazed. He's <laughs> going to get hazed until the day that we're done. You know, and I thought to have an actor like Noah Wiley to come in and get hazed. What an unbelievable testament to how great of an actor he is, to be honest with you. I just I loved working with him. And, and it's uh, like I said, he's one of my dearest friends. And, uh, you know, you, you, you're really going to enjoy this season watching him learn to do what we do. And re-explain to the audience why Leverage does what they do, why the team does what it does. So I, I, I love it. I say it's not a reboot; it's a resurgence. Some it is, yeah. And the and the and the whole Leverage redemption redemption has a lot to do with. Uh, I, I I play that off because there's no redemption for Elliot. There's a lot of redemption for all the other characters. Mostly, I believe, for Harry, for Noah's mm-hmm. character. There's a lot of redemption that that has to be uh, has to be paid. 
We know that new episodes of Leverage exist because of fans like you, so let's check out some amazing fan art from fan artists. If you want to be featured, you can contact us at After Leverage on Twitter and Instagram, or you can DM me and Felicia on Instagram at Teagle and at It's Felicia Michelle. The official Leverage Redemption After Show is part of the Electric Surge Network on Electric Now. We recommend checking out some of our other original content like Inglorious Trexperts, The 430 Movie, and Best Movies Never Made. Finally, a very special thank you to Bill Ritter, Patrick Meany, and everyone at Electric Surge Network, our producers, Natalie Michelli, and of course, Dean Devlin, without whom this show would not be possible. Thank you. Yeah, well, we want to say thank you to our amazing guests that we had here today. Like, we're so lucky to have them. But hey, don't forget to join us next week because we'll have more interviews with Beth Reescraft. We have more of Noah Wiley and more with show creator, man of many jobs and hats, Dean Devlin. Um, and even more fan art from you guys. So in the meantime, I am Felicia Michelle. I'm Yale Teagle. And this has been a, a very, very distinctive, distinctive podcast. podcast.